You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome back. Big Show Hour 4. Patrick DeMar, Alex Brody along with me. If you missed the last uh, little bit there and you're just joining on here, a little bit of a breaking news here. The Calgary Flames announced that uh, Flames defenseman Rasmus Anderson uh, was hit by a vehicle last night on his way to dinner while riding a scooter. Uh, he was uh, taken to hospital for a full battery of tests before being released last night. Uh, said to be doing well. He'll remain with the team. He's currently listed as day-to-day. I believe Brad Treeliving will be talking to the, um, the media assembled in Detroit in a matter of moments, that according to uh, Sportsnet's Eric Francis, who we also had on earlier on today. Uh, a little bit of a crazy uh, crazy story, uh, but glad to see Rasmus is doing okay. Um, it is a Flames game day. They are in Detroit to take on the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, but first, we'll uh, we'll talk about the Calgary Wranglers, the Flames AHL affiliate. We'll go down the Atlas Pizza Sports Bar guest hotline, and we are joined by the voice of the Calgary Wranglers and a sports reporter over at City News 660, Sandra Prasina. Good morning, Sandra. How are you? Hey, guys, doing well. Actually, I just parked my car because I was driving, and I knew I was going to talk to you, and then you just broke the Rasmus Anderson news to me. So Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm Quick a little thoughts shocked. on that. <laughs> I'm glad he's okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a scooter rider myself, mm-hmm. so you never like to hear that kind of news. But anyways, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like we just uh, we're glad to see he's going to be all right, and uh, we'll obviously probably not going to play tonight, but definitely a day-to-day thing. And <laughs> we'll have uh, we'll have some news if uh, we get to you before the end of the show here. Uh, Brad's going to be speaking with uh, the media in a matter of moments. But, yeah, let's talk about the Wranglers. They're currently on their little bye week after the after the uh, All-Star break. They're sitting 31-11-2, tops in the Pacific. How are we liking this group right now? They're tied with Coachella Valley, but this is a this is a wagon, man. It, it has been an absolute blast to watch and just to see how this team has grown as the season started. And I think for a lot of this group, just a new situation coming to Calgary and you're coming to play not only in a Canadian market, but an mm-hmm. NHL market and a smart NHL market at that. So the expectations are high and the fans know what they want to see night in and night out. And I think it was almost nerves those first few games against Coachella yep. and just figuring out, okay, how are we going to work? And Mitch Love, I don't think we say enough about him because don't forget, this is just his sophomore season as a professional head coach and everything he accomplished last year was Stockton. They went on a nice run in the playoffs and the fact that he's been able to just continue building on his message and that next man up mentality, mm-hmm. it's been pretty impressive to watch. I wanted to talk about Mitch Love a little later, but we'll get into it right now. We hear from him weekly with Pat. Uh, talk about how he's doing. We, we, he's, of course, not going to talk up his type of job. You mentioned it's only his second year as an AHL head coach. How, what are some of the qualities that you've seen in him? And, and, and I think it could be only a matter of time before we start seeing this guy on a bench either with the Flames or somewhere else in the NHL. Yeah, if I were a front office somewhere in the NHL, I 100% would be looking at this guy because he just gets it. And mm-hmm. what I really like about him is the fact that he doesn't ride the highs too high and he doesn't ride the lows too low. Yeah. He's a very even keel coach. He rarely loses his temper on the bench and his players trust him. He trusts his players. I think if you come to a game, you'll notice that he rolls four lines. He rolls three pairings and it's very rare that there's a big discrepancy with time on ice. Unfortunately, the AHL, yeah. that's 
statistic the AHL doesn't track, but just I'm going by my eye test, mm-hmm. right? And you, you can genuinely tell everybody's out there putting through a shift. And he also rewards players for doing good things. Look at somebody like Walker Dewar, who's been bumped first, second, first, second, third line, third, second, first. He's mm-hmm. everywhere, and he rewards players on the power play, maybe seeing a spin on the top line for doing good things. So I think he definitely is a player's coach, but he gets it. Yeah, exactly. I think he, I've, I've loved watching him do his job down with, with Stockton last year in the Wranglers. He's, he's going to be one to watch in the future for sure. So it was AHL All-Star Weekend out in Laval. Dustin Wolf named co-MVP alongside uh, the uh, the Ducks prospect goaltender. Uh, Scott Wheeler of The Athletic named him the second best prospect in the system. Another step forward at the AHL level. He keeps getting better, and he's probably one of the main reasons why the Wranglers are where they are, right? Absolutely, and we know all the cliches about goalie. He's your best penalty killer. He's everything. That's exactly what Dustin Wolf is. He's everything. Mm-hmm. And again, we talk about that you know, not riding the highs too highs, not riding the lows too lows. That's exactly what Dustin Wolf is. And people will ask for an example. And I just think to last game. So Oscar Dansk actually started that game. The other, the closer of the two game set versus the Condors. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he got injured about halfway point during that game. So you have Dustin Wolf coming in cold to that game. No chance for warm up. He just, He's focused. He knows exactly what he needs to do. And Calgary builds on that and eventually wins that game with five seconds left. He just, he exudes such confidence and the team knows he's going to make a save at the most crucial time. He doesn't have to be flashy. His Mm -hmm. rebound control is absolutely impeccable. But Patrick, the thing that really stands out for me the most about Dustin is the fact that he doesn't cheat because I think, Uh, just putting myself in the mindset of a goaltender and you get to a certain level, maybe you're not going to stick on the post on those wraparound shots. You're not going to leave, worry about leaving that space thinking nobody's going to score from those angles. Well, as we've seen throughout the years, Johnny Gaudreau has been able Mm -hmm. to score from those kind of angles. Jacob Pelche has scored a couple of times in the AHL from those angles. It happens. It won't happen against Dustin because he never cheats. Dustin does a lot well. He does a lot of the intangibles well. We know where he was drafted. Last round of the draft. We know his size. Are the, is his size going to be a detriment for him like when he comes up to the NHL? Or is it just like the, 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 the energy, the spirit of this guy that he can bring? He'll fight through anything. I think that's absolutely part of it. But then at the same time, you look at somebody in Nashville like UC yep. Saras and yep. the the career he's been able to etch out for himself. And I know you guys have had Kevin Woodley on as a guest a number of times, Mm -hmm. and he uses that as the prime example. It's adapting your game to the professional level. Dustin's been able essentially right now in his sophomore year to accomplish essentially everything on a personal level. I realize the team hasn't won a Calder Cup, but if you look at it, he's already been goalie of the year. He was rookie of the year. He leads the AHL right now in wins. In shutouts, he's top two in both goals against average save percentage. Really, what else does he have to prove to show, okay, I belong? And don't forget, he's facing 
people who haven't been to an AHL game and then they go and it's funny and you talk to them afterwards and they'll say okay that's really good hockey the fact is these are professionals Mm -hmm. these are seasoned professionals some are trying to etch their way into the NHL some are just seasoned pros who have played in the AHL for over a decade and he's facing you know players like Quinton Byfield Shane Wright he's it's night in and night out versus players like this. He can handle it. It's now, okay, can he take the next step? And if you were asking me, I'd say absolutely. Yeah, HL is definitely a league. You get you get everything thrown at you in every sort of scenario. There's going to be big guys. There's going to be tough guys. There's going to be skilled guys. It's 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 a whole it's a mosaic of mess sometimes in the AHL. Some good, you know. It's 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 a really good. It's one. It's the best developmental league on the planet. I, I completely agree, and this is coming from somebody who I had only seen the Stockton Heat in person when they came up here during that shortened yes. pandemic season, and I couldn't put a whole lot into that just because no fans, you have sound being piped in. It just There were a whole bunch of factors, but when you see it in person, it is a fantastic brand of hockey, and it's nice to see people latching on and seeing what good of a product this truly is. Yeah, I think this is a good one for the Flames, definitely, uh, in, in Dustin Wolf and, and in this product uh, that they've got going forward here. Uh, hopefully, you know, maybe, I don't know. I, I've kind of thought, like, it, maybe it was if, if the Flames were maybe a little bit farther ahead of things and they could maybe mess of things around in the end of the season. You could see maybe Dustin Wolf throwing a, a, a start here and there if, if it, in a meaningless game. But I just think right, right now, with the way the Wranglers are going and the way the Flames are, I just think maybe next year would be the time you bring up Dustin Wolf. Uh, Jacob Pelche, he's currently up with the big squad. Uh, we've seen Matthew Phillips, Walker Dewar come up uh, as call-ups. Where are we at on Connor Zari? Uh, currently the second leading scorer on the team. Uh, he's played center, wing, all both special teams. The big club has to be loving the versatility he's shown, eh? Yeah, absolutely. And he's the only player on the team that's suited up in every game for the team this season. Mm-hmm. So that tells you about the fact that he obviously takes good care of himself. He's healthy. He knows how to evade serious situations on the ice he is physical he takes hits but he's been able to adapt really nicely and you kind of touched on it there he's bounced around the first and second lines but he's a player that's a bit of a chameleon because Mm -hmm. he can essentially play in any kind of scenario I think as a professional he's still trying to figure himself out a little bit I noticed that he's a player who loves the puck on his stick and he really even likes it in his own end so he's trying to figure things out and adapting to his line mates all the time because one of the products of course of the AHL is the lineup changes all the time mm-hmm. so he often has a different center lately it's been redeem Sohorna, but sometimes you know it's been a Cole Schwint or Ben Jones who likes to move up and down the lineup so I think Connor is really finding and establishing himself as a professional I don't know if he'll get a call up this year it's tough to say we I guess we don't know what might happen with the big club injuries can happen mm-hmm. all the time or trades or things like that but you can tell he's got the pedigree of a first round pick I'm glad you mentioned Ben Jones there at the end there. July 16th, last year, free agency. Flames start signing players, mainly depth pieces. AHL guy, got Kevin Rooney. Uh, I believe uh, Dennis Gilbert was there. Uh, Nicholas Malosh. Ben Jones was also a guy signed on that day. Uh, former seventh-round pick from Vegas. Having a real solid year with the Wranglers. Maybe a sneaky piece going forward here? Yes. Actually, I touched on this uh, a little bit before on these blog posts that I do for the Wranglers website. And he's one of those people that has gone kind of below the radar. And I'm just like you. I think I was actually working at 960 the day 
the Calgary. You might have been. And I thought to myself, uh, okay, this is a depth piece. You're looking for an AHL guy. And then he had two pretty good seasons with Henderson. But obviously something is clicking with him here in Calgary. He's about to hit his highest point total in his professional career, which is young. I mean, he's still in his early 20s if you Mm -hmm. look at it. It's tough to believe because he plays like a poised veteran. But what I like about him is he is a true two-way center. He knows how to play the game 200 feet. He can be out there to win a crucial draw in the defensive zone and also on the power play if you're looking to gain possession on a draw and start developing things on that man advantage. So I really like him. I think he's actually a bit of an untapped commodity because the more minutes he gets, the better he plays. Good. That's good to see. Uh, we're talking with Sandra Priscina, Wranglers play-by-play and sports reporter over at City News 660. Uh, the the check-in with the third piece from that past summer's trade uh, with Florida, Cole Schwint, uh, he's pretty much on the same point, pa- uh, point, uh, pay- same point pace that he was last year. And maybe one of those names that, you know, like, you know, we're trying to maybe a bit underwhelming this year at points. I think there's still some people, obviously, that still have hope that this guy can translate into a into an NHL or maybe in a bottom six role. But it, how has Cole Schwint uh, acted, uh, been in his first year in, in Calgary? I think exactly like you mentioned, Patrick. I mean, you're looking at a player that's more known for being two-way. He can mm-hmm. contribute offensively, but I think you're going to have him sometimes in a shutdown role, in a bottom six role to see what he could do. And I think that's the kind of role he would find if he's able to make it to the NHL. But he's a good player. At the end of the day, he gives you, and I apologize for throwing out cliches, but he's a player who does give you 100%. You know what to expect with him night in and night out. You can throw him on the PK. You can put him on the PP. He's got a really good transition game, and he still leads the team in scoring opening goals this season. So he's been able to find the back of the net as well. But again, one of the things with the AHL is you're moving around so much in the lineup. I don't know if he's just found his comfort level quite yet. He's still figuring it out. I don't know if that comes from playing in a Canadian market Mm -hmm. or an NHL market. But I think as we get into, and I think we are in the nitty-gritty of the season right now for the AHL, he's probably going to play a bigger role, especially, I mean, I certainly don't have a crystal ball, but I could see Jacob Pelche staying up with the big club for the rest of the season. So that'll open some doors for somebody like Cole or for Ben Jones to get more mm-hmm. minutes with the AHL club. Uh we, you, we they're tied with off of the top. I mentioned they're, they're tied for the best record in the in the AHL, especially with the, along with division rivals Coachella Valley. How do we like this group? You know, they had a nice run last year. It didn't result in in a Calder Cup appearance. But what are we thinking this year? Teams in Calgary, maybe it just feels a little bit better. They're going to have a little bit more support. Do you think we can have a long playoff run here for the Wranglers? Absolutely. I think if you just look at that game versus. Bakersfield Mm -hmm. on Friday and the fact that the team was able to come not only come from behind after letting in an early goal which came on a giveaway but dealing with your starting goalie getting injured then Dustin Wolf comes in you Walker Dewar scores a clutch goal that to me is the Wrangler season in a nutshell and the fact that you're pulling out these victories still in those kinds Mm -hmm. of circumstances 
really is a testament to the buy-in, I think, that this group has. And the depth on the blue line has been uh, very impressive this year. Wasn't really sure what you're going to see with a couple of rookies like Yan Kuznetsov and Jeremy Poirier, but they've really established themselves as professional. And when your coach gives you that kind of confidence, I think you can only really just grow as a player. So I went into this season curious because they, they lost a couple of pieces in the off season, right? Justin mm-hmm. Kirkland, he was fantastic in the playoffs, scored a bunch of clutch goals. Glenn Godden is gone. Uh, Byron Fraze, your captain leaves. Then they just felt filled the role so well. Somebody like Brett Sutter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't even speak to, what he's meant to this team in such a short period of time. And it was fascinating when he celebrated his 1000th game on, I believe it was December 21st and lots of fanfare. He gets a silver stick family and friends and he scores the game winning goal shorthanded. The night was just at the saddle dome and the team loves him and he is the perfect captain for this group he's one of those players he's got his career coming full circle he's back home in southern Mm -hmm. alberta he's with the team the organization rather that drafted him however many years ago i mean it's all coming together and i think he's the glue and as long as he's there this team is poised for a deep run in the playoffs yeah that would be awesome to see the dome filled uh even more this april for sure uh Wranglers getting ready to get back out on the road. They're in San Jose for Friday and Saturday before coming back home against Abbotsford next Tuesday on Valentine's Day. Couldn't uh, get away from a conversation with Sandra without talking a little Canadian soccer, of course. Uh, mm. And uh, the team's getting ready to get, the women's team's getting ready for the She Believes Cup. Uh, where yeah. They're going to be taking on some of the best in the world. The U.S., Brazil, Japan are there. Camp opened up yesterday. They're going to be without Desiree Scott, who's uh, not going to be quite ready as she's still recovering from surgery. But, you know, talk about this tournament and maybe what Bev Priestman is looking for ahead of the, this summer's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, so the last time Canada was at this tournament was a couple of years ago when Bev had just taken on the head coaching job with the women's team. And this was really essentially her opportunity to see what this group is made of. And it was during, a, obviously, the pandemic was still not at full force, but was still the fact that they weren't getting as many fans in the stands, Mm -hmm. dealing with a lot of these restrictions, this and that. So that really, I think, put her on the path to success because she was able to see what this group could do. I think of somebody like Vanessa Gilles, who in that year and that tournament particularly, she believes, established herself as one of the best center backs in the world, seemingly coming out of nowhere. She did a... she had a great interview with me for sportsnet.ca a couple of years ago. The fact is she didn't even start playing soccer until she was a teenager, was playing tennis, Hmm. started as a goalkeeper, somehow ended up as a center back. And here she is playing professionally in France right now. And she's just a testament to the work that Bev has done with this group and what this tournament means, because that tournament in, in 2020 excuse me 20 yeah oh my goodness my years are getting pandemic did a lot to a lot of people with years you know it messed up a lot of things (laughs) yeah and and that tournament sent this team 
essentially on the path to gold at the Olympics Mm -hmm. later that summer in Tokyo. So this will be another one of those stepping stones because we're at a turning point with this team, right? How many years, you mentioned Desiree Scott, how many more years do we have of of Desi and of Christine Sinclair, Sophie Schmidt, some of those veterans? We're going to see a bit of a page turner, I think, and other players taking big roles. Jesse Fleming, we've seen what she can do at Chelsea. She's been joined by Kadisha Buchanan there. A lot of these players suiting up professionally in England. So this is one of those tournaments. Pay attention because the competition is great. USA, Brazil, Japan. I don't know if it gets any better than that. And there's nothing, I have to say, there's nothing like Canada, USA in sports. Yeah, nothing better than that. And that'll go next Thursday, uh, 5 o'clock start for that one when that tournament gets underway. Uh, and we're still a couple of years away from the, the Women's Pro League getting underway here in Canada. Diana Matheson had a little bit of an update. Uh, she talked about putting more women in position power uh, positions of leadership. And she pointed towards yeah. the success that Angel City had out in, uh, in the NWSL down in the States. Which is, you know, they're led by a super, like a superstar group. They got celebrities. They got Serena Williams. They got Natalie Portman, I think, is in there as well. But yep. like, do you think something, uh, is this something that this league could do? Is that like, 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 with the amount of, like, you want to get the women involved. Is that something that could be realistic here in a women's league to start? I certainly hope so. Because at the end of the day, name brand recognition is huge. I mm-hmm. mean, you also have... Patrick Mahomes getting involved with some of the other teams, Naomi Osaka. I mean, name recognition is absolutely huge. And my hope is that somebody north of the border sees this and says, okay, I want to see this league grow. Mm -hmm. And we should be really proud as Calgarians because Foothills, one of the inaugural franchises, along with the Whitecaps. And what Calgary really needs to be proud about is the fact that, okay, the Whitecaps are already an established MLS team in Calgary it's more of a community-based organic soccer building city Mm -hmm. and I think if you have somebody locally I'm not going to point fingers at any female athletes but we've got a lot of them here Calgary obviously a hotbed for the Olympics and Olympic athletes I think that uh, that would absolutely help get this league hit the ground running but Diana Matheson is absolutely brilliant She is one of the most intelligent athletes I've ever spoken to in my entire career. And if there's somebody that can really just establish a league north of the border, it's her. I have so much confidence in her. And the fact that she was like, she just, she got sick of tired of waiting, sick and tired of waiting around for somebody else to do something. She said, listen, this is my opportunity to do something for women's soccer, the game that gave me so much. Now it's time for me to give something to it. And here we will. 2025 is the hope date for this league. And I hope Calgarians can get on board. This is really exciting. I'm just, I'm proud of everything that's been done over the last couple of years, but it's, it's Diana who deserves all the credit Mm -hmm. and she is an incredible leader in this country. Yeah, Vancouver, Calgary will have the teams. There's 13. I think she has. She's had. There's a list of 13 potential groups yep. for just, and they're looking to go to eight uh, for the first year. But that's that's awesome that there's there's a lot of interest, and I can't wait for this league to get underway. Thank you, Sandra. This is awesome. I love our chats, and we'll do this again soon. <laughs> My pleasure, Patrick. You guys have a great day, and thank you for having me on. Not a problem. You as well.
There you go. That's Sandra Priscina, Wranglers play-by-play voice and uh, sports reporter at City News 660. Does a lot of work for Canada soccer, women's soccer over at sportsnet.ca as well. She joined us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline uh, using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. Bright Tree Living has met with the media. We'll go through this a little bit after the break, but uh, Rasmus Anderson... uh, was hit by a car or yeah, hit by a car while riding a scooter on his way to dinner last night. He's okay. He's been released from hospital, but we'll get you an update from the GM after the break. Guys, big show. Hour four continues here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.